Willem Dafoe on an island losing his mind and yeah. alone for the most part. He has such a weird body too because he's mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like there's like no so stomach. Bony and long. <laughs> yeah. Because he rib, is the green goblin. His rib cage oh, juts out. Django. It's the green goblin. Oh. It's the green goblin. <laughs> Spider Man. That's, that's really good, Roman. <laughs> green goblin is so let's awesome, get, you guys. He is. So yeah, my three favorite villains are Doctor Doom, Doctor Octopus, and Green Goblin, which are all prominently green. <laughs> Marvel villain. Ah, minor. Stays true for DC. Joker, prominently green. Uh-huh. Dark Side, not prominently green. No, Ambush Bug, all green. Villain. <laughs> He's not a villain. He's not a good guy. Is he not? You tell me. <laughs> not really he's he's pretty neutral <laughs> yeah do you wish i knew where my glider was though mm. <laughs> another green i have it spider-man <laughs> well it's green goblin's glider check check oh. your is it in your chest green goblin <laughs> <laughs> in his chest Clever. Welcome to the Comics Place presents the perfectly accessible, acceptable podcast with Wild Sauce. Perfectly and the funky accessible bunch. podcast. Perfectly accessible. Uh, <laughs> but I did throw the Wild Sauce and the Funky Bunch bit in there that Roman had just. No, it was a Django. I don't remember now. Me neither. <laughs> um, but we just spent a lot of time tracking down an old Taco Bell item from Django's past. We don't have it to taste. We had it for views. That's right. It's a comic book podcast from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Bellingham, Washington's Comics Place, where we talk about a bunch of the comics that come out every single week. We also engage in a variety of tangents, either <laughs> we either we also engage in a variety of tangents, either related to or unrelated yeah. to the comings and goings of this. our lives. I'm J Doggy Woof Woof. I'm Taco Bellingham's own Taco Dog. That was really good. Taco Bellingham is I have never heard that that it rolls off the tongue. And I'm Rizza Dog. Oh, woof, woof, <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> and we've got a lot of big stuff happening this week. But the biggest thing that we've got is seeing if we have an email from William Elmer or not. And Gosh, after last week, you would think he would never miss one again. Yeah, after he showed up <clears throat> at your house. Yeah. And was weird. Recorded with you like a good friend does. Like a good neighbor. Will Elmer's there. <laughs> oh, Hello and happy episode 309. Um, Jeff, to answer your question last week, no, I don't like um, a slipcase with a bunch of 64-page hardcovers. Um, I think I would probably wait for an omnibus or um, just be happy with the issues I have because it's like a 50-50 hit ratio on those uh, One Bad Day books. Um, but also, uh, sorry about the question last week. I don't know how I came up with that question. It must have been some sort of hallucinogenic drug that I might have been on. Um, I don't know. I don't remember it. I don't remember asking it, and I don't remember how I came up with it. But while we're on the subject of hallucinations, 
Um, if you could have any uh, comic book character as an imaginary friend, who would you choose and why? Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Okay. We need to take a small moment and just talk about uh, how grateful we are that Will sends these questions as every week. Will, you're wonderful. We adore you. That's a great question. I can't wait to hear everyone's answer. I know mine. I know mine. Roman, do you know yours? I'll make up something. Okay. Jangle, will you go first? Yeah, I would have Jesse Custer uh, just so that we could have the meta iteration of me having an imaginary friend who has an imaginary friend, the Duke. That's a good joke. I would have Peter Parker uh, because I love Peter Parker. Because you don't have enough fretting in your life yet? (laughs) Yeah, but he would squirt little webs everywhere and it would be awesome. (laughs) I think Jesse would give me the manliest advice known to man. Oh, it would be good too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. Instead of having a little angel or devil on your shoulder, you have both in the form of Jesse Custer. Yeah. (laughs) One shoulder leaves the other one free for punching. Yeah. (laughs) Roman, who would you shrink down and keep in your pocket? It'd be fun to have Thanos like always speaking in your head, wouldn't it? (laughs) It? I don't know. That's (laughs) terrifying. Talk talk about death and everything. Um, No, I think actually my real answer is uh, classic Bronze Age Hank McCoy, the Beast. Because I loved him when I was a kid. He was he was a genius, but he was fun and 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 you know he was fun. People liked hanging out with him, and he was a party genius. I mean, as yeah. long as you're like getting all this stuff that you want, would you want him to be green also, or would you keep him blue? That's a great question. I keep him blue and furry. That was okay. a good look. Mm, yeah. It was a great look, but you do love yeah. a green person. I do. I do. It's it's one of my favorite features about you. All right, you guys. Well, let's get into episode 309. What do you think? Everyone's got their swimming shorts on? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's let's get in this people soup. On three. One, two, three. Sploosh. Fish. Um, I think the book I was most excited about this week was The Ambassadors Number One by Mark Miller and Frank Quitely. Mark Millar, Mark Miller. Uh, And Frank Quitely, more importantly. This is an issue that has a full count of pages done by Frank Quitely. He he does the art, he does the pencils, he does the inks, he does the colors, he does it all. He does all of it, which probably contributes to why it takes him a year to do like 22 pages or whatever. <laughs> um, and he's with Mark Miller, who they'd worked together on Jupiter's Legacy. Obviously, Mark Miller's done Kick-Ass, a bunch of other stuff, Nemesis right now, which I really like. And Frank Quitely, one of the greatest artists of all time in my book. And this... In a nutshell, um, I guess a lot happens, but for the most part, there's a very, very brilliant, rich woman in Korea who has developed whatever is required scientifically to make superheroes, and instead of selling it to governments or world powers, she's going to give it to six people from different countries who are the most, what is the word that she uses? Um, altruistic altruistic yeah so the best people and and then there's some government conspiracy stuff going on as well but that's kind of the nutshell of the story it's gorgeous yeah the guy can draw yeah and the other guy can write like the the one of my favorite bits of it was like instead of faking the moon landing we faked having a superhero yeah i thought that was super inventive and uh well, I guess we attempted to fake that we had a superhero because right. it always looked kind of bad. Um, but I think that's a super fun concept. Um, He's good at fun concepts, man. 
yeah and stuff a lot of fun concepts and something quietly is pretty good at the violence that those last two pages are disgusting and and amazing regarding the art yeah there are definitely pages where you're like oh yeah frank quietly is the best thing ever there's also a number of pages where you're like they have the best artist in the world in my book drawing a bunch of people in a room talking a lot of people in rooms talking yeah which is like (laughs) it's gorgeous but I don't know that necessarily it's the best usage of his skills. I'm not complaining at all. It's beautifully done. But when I think about where one year of Frank Quitely art could have gone, um, this mini series that's going to have six issues and six different artists, as I understand it, Ooh. it seems strange that you know this is where he allocated his resources. But again, it is gorgeous when it's gorgeous, like the plane crashing into the water or the boat tugging along with the upside down plane on it or all the hyper violence or the shot of the entire city with like the arctic area like growing yeah. up around it like i just... love the box truck up up flipping up over the kid yeah um he, he does do great environmental world building i could see why maybe they would want him on this one for that. i wonder if we were huge fans of colorists if we would be seeing something special in the coloring on those pages with people sitting in the rooms because like the board members of the old white guys at the department the the dino d-e-n-o or whatever the department of extra normal operations like the coloring in that is pretty spectacular the guy is backlit and just the tv screen is lighting yeah. both sides of his face very subtly and like it's dark but not quite muddy um like there's there's some really high level skills going on right there but i would have preferred to see more blood and guts or people posing in superhero costumes instead yeah he's god his like city shots are amazing roman did you read this book yeah Yeah. you like frank whiteley's art i do i'm disappointed to hear he's not going to be the artist on the the next five issues yeah yeah me too Well, that's stinky. I love his design for this this crazy building in uh, South Korea, the 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 embassy, because it looks I don't yeah, know what that looks gorgeous. like. It's just this big, beautiful, like organic, uh, 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 soft surf <laughs> drip but or something. Look at the just architecture of the city around it. Those buildings are like all of that is incredible. It's like Akira level stuff. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. They, uh, why didn't they have him do the why Why are they doing the gimmick with the different artists every issue oh i mean i think that Django, you had told me right that it, he spent a year doing this issue that's what i read but i don't i wouldn't take that as gospel so i mean if that's it, it's just probably that they couldn't spend six years doing a six issue thing yeah. god his violence has just gotten so much better though <laughs> like the skulls that cave in on the heads yeah are with with like the mandibles sticking up out next to the yeah. guy's nose yeah and that like those expressions on the panel before where the the dude uses his telekinesis to turn their dicks inside out yeah those expressions are real yeah they turned somebody's dick inside out so he would have reference wow he is a method artist though i mean that that makes sense to me um it was this what do you guys think of the story roman what do you think of it i like it it's very clever i like that idea um and i like the i don't know if she's the main character but the the scientist um, that gives herself superpowers. I really liked her. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. I did. I like that she's, you know, she's in prison serving this life sentence or whatever. So she transferred all of her consciousness to a robot 
and now she's gonna have you know she has the body then kill herself which is like it kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of the prestige yeah spoilers the prestige which is totally. an amazing movie but like that idea of duplicating yourself and one of you is going to be the one that lives and one's gonna die and like her conscious you know she she is both of those people at once oh great stuff great stuff well done mark miller I, yeah it's it's a good story it's not yeah it's well done it, it i don't know it's not the most exciting thing in the world but i i do look forward to seeing it it's not like crazy high stakes and like balls to the wall nemesis style stuff but no but like it's rare that i just don't like a mark miller story yeah i agree i think he he does tend to just write stories about the smartest people on earth and i'd like to find out if he thinks that he's earned writing that but I like <laughs> you should ask him that if you're a medium you should ask him that <laughs> Do you think you've earned getting to write the smartest people on the planet every time? Are you time? one of them? What are you trying to tell us here, mister? Um, I'm going to give it a 10 just for the art. Like, fuck the story. It could have been garbage story, and I would have given it a 10. So it gets a 10. Yeah, I mean, okay. Okay. Well, the art's certainly a 10. <laughs> I'm going 9.5. going 9.5. So that means the, the story's a 9? Is that how you're weighting it? maybe not even a nine, maybe like an 8.5. Like it's, there's enough extra stuff here to hold it back from being perfect, but it's the best art that for me, sorry, it's the most I've enjoyed the art in a comic in a very long time. Yeah. Although we got Chris Burnham and Frank quietly this week. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm going with a 9.5 for those reasons. Yeah. The art is a 10, but story, I'll give it a nine. Nice. Yeah. I am interested how, how this would have looked colored by somebody else, like colored by a colorist colorist. Like I, I like the, the rooms great. in the dark, but it was maybe a little bit too dark at times. Like I wouldn't have minded being able to like see fully the people in the dark in those rooms, like on the top yeah. right panel of that or something, just because I like looking at his lines. But also it serves a nice effect, but all the red in the red rooms and like that's that's purposeful. Um, but it's an interesting choice. I love it. Also, you know, like the way that he does the blood splatter. Like by the uh-huh. kind of like the red airbrush effect around yeah. it is really fantastic. That shot is brutal. God, <laughs> I feel like it started in Pax Americana. Like, you know, there's like a couple hyper violent scenes in that issue that are like show uh-huh. body parts like that. Uh, and then from then he's just done more of it. But like that was when his stuff leveled up in terms of just like highly detailed gore. It's like um, uh, like when Simon Bisley did Lobo in the early days uh especially like the lobo paramilitary christmas special it's just so over the top blowing heads up and like body parts and the 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 way that those heads are deconstructed in this kind of reminds me of the lobo paramilitary christmas special i have heard the phrase lobo paramilitary christmas special so many times in my life yeah well you're hanging out with me talking about comics a lot yeah the lobo paramilitary christmas special is one of my touchstones i i gotta read that one Django. I'll get you a copy. You may already have, but uh, I yeah. might need another. But yeah, uh, that'll be a good Christmas read. Join us this coming Christmas when we read Lobo's paramilitary Christmas special all together as a group. I'll get you a copy of Lobo's paramilitary Christmas special as well, Roman. Okay, good. Yeah. I don't think I have one. I, I read it back in the day. but So we did just mention his name, uh, but we got Frank Whiteley and Chris Burnham art this week from comics. Frank Quietly, the best. Chris Burnham, also fantastic. He reminds me very much of like a school of artists that seems highly, highly influenced by Frank Quietly. Mm-hmm. Although he definitely has kind of leaned more to, into his own thing, I think, in the last yeah. like seven or so years. Like, I think it used to look more like, you know, 
impersonating quietly and now it's very it's got very much his own body proportions and stuff i mean he may have gotten tired of being mentioned in the same breath as frank quietly every single time anybody ever talked about him yeah you're right <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure it turns into a bummer when you're like a chris burnham or a nick patera yeah doing doing something that looks so much like somebody everybody loves and yeah. like i don't think either of them is less than um quietly like I, I if if i had to put quietly in an order i'd put him at the top but i don't think either of them is less skilled than him by any means um they they all do detail and background amazing as i'm flipping through this issue yeah. um but yeah so he did the art in unstoppable doom patrol this week uh this issue was written by dennis culver with art by chris burnham uh sorry there's like a title page but it's got a bunch of pictures of the characters and names underneath it and i thought they were the credits and i got down there with my eyes and that was like robot man um so we've got a new doom patrol we haven't had a doom patrol series since there was one after the gerard way one right was there i don't wasn't wasn't it still gerard way well it was it was still new animal wasn't it yeah maybe i'm wrong there was like the two gerard way ones and then yeah i don't remember hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, either way, so there was the Gerard Way one. And <laughs> then um we haven't seen them in a while. God. Django, historically, Justin and I liked the Gerard Way one. Roman did too. Roman's a longtime Doom Patrol fan. Uh-huh. For the history of Doom Patrol. I have not read too much Doom Patrol, but I've read all the moderns, like the you know, the last ten years of it. And I I wanna like Doom Patrol more than I generally do. Um but yeah. I thought this book was a good, like a step in the right direction. Roman, what did you think of it as the resident Doom Patrol man? I loved it. Automatic 10. Really? <laughs> Dang. Uh, <laughs> I did love it, actually. Um, I'm He's very, a real Doom Patroller. I, yeah. He is. I'm a real Doomster. Part of the Doom generation, if you will. <laughs> um, we will. I'm, intri- I'm intrigued because uh, like they introduce a Beast Girl as a new character. Yeah. Um, and I love on the, I guess it's, I don't know, the fourth, fifth page when they arrive in Gotham and that bottom panel where it's her and Rita Farr walking along and, and Beast Girl, she's she's in a wild rumpus pose from from uh, where the wild things are because she's a beast. I didn't notice that. <laughs> oh, cute. Uh, if that doesn't tell you that Chris Burnham probably has kids. <laughs> yeah, that's clever. <clears throat> that's awesome. I, uh... I liked the bad guy here who was like, like angry and mean. And they just kind of talked him down kind of, mm-hmm. um, I had a hard time believing the Batman bits mm-hmm. in this, but it's really nice to see Burnham drawing Batman again. Yeah. Like they his, were a little like entrance was great. Jokey Batman, like for Batman, but yeah, the art was gorgeous of it. And it was great. Great to just see him drawing him. Yeah. Um, I still can't really get a handle on the Doom Patrol, and I should probably just read some of the really old stuff because I'm sure I'm sure I would like it if I just sat down and read all the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol or something. Um, but I just don't quite have enough uh, historical love of these characters. I think. Yeah, I feel in the same boat. I think if I were to read the Morrison stuff um, more wholly, I would I would probably like it. But every time I'm still sort of like trying to understand these characters. Yeah, and. And I, I just, yeah, I feel like I'm missing a touchstone for those characters. I do like that the Lazarus planet thing happened. So it changed some of these characters and amount, which gives us kind of like a even playing field type learning some new characters. Cause like the, the lady with the personalities, I was never like sure 
if I knew the personalities or if it was a longstanding personality or, or right. one of the reoccurring ones. So this one, like there's just new ones in there. So yeah. I like that, that that's cool. And they get this bad boys now on, on the team with him. And that's cool. You got beast girl. So yeah, I like that. There's yeah. Like the, this chief, like that wasn't a previous incarnation for her. Was it Roman? No, as far as I know, that's a, that's a new altar from Jane. Yeah. And I, but I like the idea that she, her psyche created a, like a better version of the chief, maybe. Because he was always kind of a dick, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like we never really knew what his, uh, what his motives were for running the team, sort of. Yeah. And I think it's been so long since I read Grant Morrison's run, but I think it was his run because on the show, um, they eventually, spoilers, folks, they eventually <laughs> revealed that the chief kind of, uh, if I remember right from season one, uh, may have engineered like, cliff Steele's crash just so he could could put a see if he could put a human brain in a robot body (laughs) seems like you could probably just find anybody and do that with them yeah but i don't know maybe he liked the drama of (laughs) taking this this race car driver yeah yeah huh yeah man i i don't know i thought it was pretty good i didn't it, it didn't change my life but i'm glad that they have somebody doing art that i can get into because i can i'll i'll give this more issues than i would otherwise yeah, yeah. T- Sorry, Roman, please. Oh, no, go ahead. No, Roman, please. Please, please, after you, I insist. Um, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> no, I uh, I actually like this one. Well, I love the Doom Patrol and I love Burnham, so I did like this better than our first book, even, though I really like that. Uh, the only thing in the end shocked me because uh, the brain and Monsieur Mala have always had, especially from Grant Morrison's run, have had like a some kind of romantic relationship that can never be consummated because he's just a brain and this, he takes it in a different direction. And I, I was like, what? He can't, Mala can't do that. That's horrible. So I'm quite, quite a cliffhanger. See, that's the kind of stuff that I don't know. So I was just yeah. like, I don't know if these monkeys are new characters or not. And I don't really get what's going on here, what their association is, but there's monkeys. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was like, I understood this more as a single issue of Doom Patrol than I have for many of the like Mikey Way wrote Doom Patrol after Gerard Way for a little while, while apparently his brother. So same oh. line of characters oh. there, um, like Weight of the Worlds, I think was like a little mini series or something. But anyway, um, so, yeah, like I read some of that as well. And, and, you know, I was never able to feel like I got what was going on at all. Uh, so I like the groundedness of this while being totally out there for Doom Patrol. I really like the art. Like as long as we're getting Chris Burnham art, I'll read it because it's some of my absolute favorite art in comics. And there hasn't yeah. been a ton of it in, on interiors in the last six years. Yeah. Yeah. He's I, I could watch him all day. Yeah. It's really nice. He got to draw not only Mala, but also a, a, a big robot ape body, which also made me think, well, how come the brain hasn't done this for decades, made himself actually effective bodies instead of you know running around basically you could make a a dalek with another penis yeah yeah why is for decades he's been running around a little dalek cart and that's it (laughs) it's clobbering time it's clobbering time it Um, is but what do we do scores for this how does this podcast oh sorry did i not seven and a half for me um i wrote eight and a half i wrote 10 dps 10 D double double patrols. Is that what that stands for? Stands for whatever you like. Oh, <laughs> or however much you can afford. I love the cover gimmick, like the scratch yeah. off cover gimmick on that. And then too. next it's issue, cool. we got a glow in the dark cover. 
Sold. Sold. Did you, guys, did you guys do any scrap? Did you actually scratch off any of the covers? Ashton did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I well, was there when Ashton did it. He got the shy girl. Yeah. Which is oh. pretty good for Ashton. Cool. Um. <clears throat> okay, but clobber in time. Let's keep Roman's ten bone going. Let's watch the. <laughs> let's watch the oyster dish get spit. Yeah. What? Thank you. I love that analogy, Jeff. It made me throw up inside of my mouth and then let it out of my mouth, and I just threw up in my lap. Yeah, and some of it on clobbering time, which is what this art makes me want to do. You guys talk about it because I'm gonna throw up if I look at the cover for issue number two again, and I'm doing it right now. It's disgusting. <laughs> is that is that pictured in the book? Oh, it is. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the very last page. It's fucking disgusting. I, I don't. Just, I just well, pretend he's ahead. wearing a little. I just pretend he's wearing a, like a little mushroom suit. Ugh. Still gross. <laughs> um, I don't really know what the story in here was because I was just super distracted by the art the whole time. I do like that there's a whole adventure that happens while Reed is distracted and has his head like up high fixing a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he stretched his head way up high and these these two Hulk and thing have a huge adventure where they get all beat up and fucked up and then Reed comes back down and and he's like, "Oh, what you know, what I miss, guys?" I love that there's a a whole new like warrior watcher <laughs> narrating the story yeah the introduction yeah. of a new warrior watcher is very cool and his name like alfred alfred the warrior watcher close it's tuva two <laughs> and it looks like he even has a lightsaber on his hip yeah he's oh. he's awesome oh, just wow. like the cable battle scarred watcher yeah, yeah this art is gorgeous i is is scrochy writing it as well yeah yeah, so Scrooge is writing and doing the art. So this is just basically your classic, like, hey, we've got an incredible artist who can just also tell a basic story and draw whatever they want. Um, I I wish it was a little bit more interesting of a story, but also some people just want a big action book. So I totally support that. It, it's gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous art. I just wish it was a story that was a little bit more interesting to me. As it stands, it's a total delight to go through this for the art because Scrooge has an incredible style that's somewhere, you know, in the realm of Jeff Darrow. So like highly detailed with a nice <clears throat> ink line, like Seth Fisher, um, just incredible. I love yeah. his work. Yeah. And he does some, and when the Hulk attacks that big Kaiju and he shatters the poor thing's kneecap and blood and yeah. bits of its armor go fly. I mean, I felt so bad for the monster, <laughs> but it's, there's a lot more detail than your usual big monster battle. And I like his interactions with Thing and Hulk. Like, I love that mm-hmm. Thing kind of tries to channel Reed a little bit because he's been with such a great leader forever. But Hulk is like the far more extreme version <laughs> of the Thing for the Fantastic Four. So it, it's a fun little identity swap, which probably plays out in most Thing Hulk things. But I haven't read that many of them. So, yeah, I I would I would look at Steve Scrooge's, uh cuts on the Hulk's chest all day long. Yeah, just the, what he's doing with the thing is disgusting. It's so gross. I love it. Yeah, and his dialogue with the characters is so great. When, uh, like, I just flipped through this when Hulk says, uh, "Row lips too puny to micromanage Hulk," and Ben's <laughs> response is, "That it's not that's not what your ma says." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and like the it, near the end when like a celestial shows up, like that was so awesome. That's yeah. incredibly drawn celestial. Way to go, Scrooge. Yeah, this is pretty amazing. And I thought, and it's not quite what I thought either, because I thought, I guess, just from the cover of number one, that this series was going to be just the thing in the Hulk having adventures. But I guess it's the thing in somebody new every every issue. Oh, it hmm. is? 
Well, maybe it says next Wolverine. I mean, maybe it's the Hulk thing and Wolverine. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. I... Oh, yeah. And the next issue just shows Hulk and, or Thing and Wolverine. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was going to be those two also. Huh. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what the Scroach has planned. Wow. So I didn't realize it's basically Marvel 2 and 1 for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Cool. Interesting stuff. Well, yeah, he's got a great imagination. Like, did he write Maestro? Do you remember? Uh, I don't... Well, he might. Yeah, I think he did write Maestro, and he also wrote that uh, that post-apocalyptic story that was coming out not too long ago. Um, something about America. Do you remember that one? Not I Undiscovered have... Country. No, no, but it came out around the same time as Undiscovered Country. It it was like it was like zombies. It it felt like a Jeff Darrow joint because there was so much like just like finely detailed shrapnel all around it. Huh. That sounds um, familiar. I think I was the only one that read past the first issue or so, but yeah, uh, I I, th- I think he's a he's a competent writer, but it's he's definitely not a writer first. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, what were your scores for this one, guys? Uh, 8.0. We stand on guard. Well, I no. think it's. I think this is also going to be a ten. Two tens in a row. You're right. Wow. Um. Wow. We stand on guard was earlier. Um. I'm gonna go. Um, gosh, I'm gonna go 7.5. That's mostly for the art. You didn't like the writer? I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Zam, zam. Did you just zam me? I just zammed you. Zam, zam. Zammed you, little man. Oh, man. So Roman gave it a 10. Um, well, I think we should wait till Roman gets back to talk about the next book. Well, actually, Jank, well, no. Huh? Here he comes. Here he comes. (laughs) Gam. Hey Roman. Hey. Um. Hey. Hey Django. Would you need a discussion about Indigo Children? Oh yeah, I liked Indigo Children a lot. Um. And Roman can maybe tell us what the astrological hippie meaning is about this. Yes. But, yes. Uh, it's be, huh? I didn't read it. What is you it? You didn't? Oh, well, bummer. Remember when Show, he used to be the guy that read all the comics? Show me the uh, cover. Yeah. yeah. It was a comic book, Roman. Why do you need to see the cover? You read it. God, I, I did, you read it. I didn't even. I don't remember that cover. So this but it, is, uh, but it was great. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> Indigo Children number one. Writer is Kurt Pyers, Rockwell White, Alex Diato, and D. Kniff and Hassan Otsman Elahu are the uh, other people involved. This has like super interesting art. It 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 kind of reminds me of um oh like David Aha Lee Weeks sort of like simple simple art but uh a lot of emotion and and body language it happens in here and it basically follows like this this guy who's this journalist who's trying to track down the indigo children who are these kids that allegedly have powers and um it by the end of the issue he's tracked one of them down or they've tracked him down uh, but it has an interesting setup where there's a a kid who's on an airplane and the airplane explodes and then we like flash to later and then by the end of the issue we get to see what actually happened on the airplane it's just very cinematic and um i always kind of like stories of of kids who've been experimented on and given powers sort of like firestarter kind of stuff i don't know if you guys read the stephen king book but no or saw the drew barrymore joint no um but yeah, I, I think this is a really well done comic. And I think that it was the second comic I read this week. And I just did a terrible job of convincing anybody that they should read it. 
I thought the art was fantastic. Um, I really liked it. It was a pretty girthy comic. It was like a double sized yeah. issue, um, yeah. but it was paced really well. There were pages with a lot of text at times, but it was balanced out really well with other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. He, the The guy gets this video this that shouldn't exist that had been deleted by everybody of this psychic kid with gifts and he doesn't know how he got it. And then he seeks out the doctor that was in it. And then they have an adventure. Um, I just looked up what indigo children are. Oh, uh, what that is. Um, and then I closed the window, but I'll get it back. Should I ask chat GPT? Indigo children, according to a pseudoscientific new age concept, are children who are believed to possess special, unusual, and sometimes supernatural traits or abilities. It's dated back to the 1960s. Um, some people think they're considered the like next stage of evolution in humanity. So X Files shit. X Files shit. Yeah. Um. So this kid is one of those, or maybe he's an alien. He says he's an alien. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it was very very good, and it was a pleasure to read. And I I think I'll probably read the second one. Yeah. I'm I'm in I'm in for you know the next six issues or whatever it takes to get to the next stopping point. I guess. Yeah, it's it's a great kind of conspiratorial mystery adventure thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it seems intelligent. And Kurt Pyers, you know, uh, shoots for the stars when he does things. Tell you what, he shoots for the stars. He shoots for the stars. He shoots stars. And he manages stars. He's, he's a star man. Stars. Sorry, you got a bullet in you now. Stars. <laughs> um, is it is it score time for that? Yeah, I, I would give it an eight. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to go 8.5. Oh, you really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good comic book. Did you like the art in it? Like, it's I, not like stuff I've... It's, it's it's a new artist to me, and I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of, like, Outcast, Paul Azaceta, uh-huh. um, who's in that. Punisher stuff. Um, yeah. I do... I thought it served the purpose very well. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it... The tone kind of doesn't the art doesn't take itself self too seriously, which I think helps for the tone of the story yep. because it's kind of a fun out there story. Um, yeah, you're yeah, but it's not super refined either. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I do like it. I do like it. I it's it's somewhere between like boom and then like alt horror image stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. On the other side of the street, Roman. Did you read it's Jeff <laughs> about the shark boy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't actually. Roman, you... his name's in <laughs> it. I know. I know. We I was read dead Romans for you. <laughs> you did? No, I didn't. Not really. I, oh, good. Cause I didn't read that one either. Um, <laughs> oh, Roman, 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 Roman. I was going, I was, pl- I was planning to read it, but there were so oh. many other books and then I popped it open and I didn't like the art. So I was like, yeah, get it. It's the same artist from Spider-Man double trouble. Is it? Yeah. And Superman oh. versus the clan. Yeah. What? Superman versus or smashes the clan. I thought that was Guri Hiru. Yeah. This oh. artist. Oh, well, heck. <laughs> well, his art's better on those pre- two previous books. Well, can I tell you something, Roman? <laughs> yes. This book is easily a 10 for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is probably the cutest book I've seen in a long time. It is textless. And it is all like three or four page shorts that he was just releasing digitally. Mm-hmm. And they are so cute. I'm an animal lover. I was uh, I was getting Django's son hyped on it because he's also a fan of animals in fiction. Um, 
it is great. Django, what is what did you, someone who's famously told his kids that he's allergic to pets? <laughs> they know that's a lie. Probably. Yeah, because the phrase allergic to pets doesn't make sense. <laughs> You're allergic to fish? <clears throat> yeah, Roman. Cockatoos? <laughs> Tell me I'm not. Fuckers. Slimy dogs? Yeah, I hate slimy dogs. Because no, they make you me cough them. and sneeze. That's true. Um, this was absolutely and undeniably cute. Not something I usually go for in a comic book. Um, but I did enjoy the stories. I like the, you know, it's all just like one to four page vignettes of Jeff, the land shark. Yeah. Doing things with the Avengers. Um, and I, what I really probably appreciated most about it is that there were some ongoing gags that spanned stories. Um, so like, uh, Gosh, now I can't I can't remember any and I don't see any, but there were there were things that Jeff would do in an early story that would show up later in the stories. And Roman. Uh, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Roman, look at this is Jeff the Landshark going to the beach and he wants to go surfing with everybody. But when he's <laughs> about to go into the beach, he remembers that people are afraid of sharks. So he goes to a costume shop and this is Jeff the Landshark after having acquired a dolphin <laughs> costume. So he can go swim in the water in a dolphin costume. That's really cute. With Kate Bishop. It's <laughs> it is all variations on that very, very cute theme, Roman. It is well, damn. Okay, I, I I fell down on this one. I gotta read this. And Guri Hiru can like clearly has animals. Like there is some really wonderful character work and like animal work in Jeff the Landshark. My question for you, Roman, who is Jeff the Landshark? He's 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 the main character in that book you're reading. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> Is he your alter ego? No, but we had a customer say, "I'll buy this, but only if Jeff autographs it." Uh, <laughs> sweet. So thanks, Jeremy Lott. That was really sweet of you. <laughs> but but really, someone is freaking out right now because they know who Jeff Landshark is. It's a Suicide Squad thing, right? Or a West Coast Avengers thing? Is it? It's it's I, a, I don't it's know. A I character don't... Oh, Jeffrey thought... the Landshark, Earth six one six. Jeffrey was a Landshark adopted by Gwynpool during her time on the West Coast Avengers. Jeff later ended up with Elsa Bloodstone, who promised to always take care of him. However, Gwyn transported Jeff to Gwynpool's island, where he stayed in her viewing box with her friends instead of being forced to fight. He then watched as Gwynpool fought and defeated the Hulk. Gwyn then decided to leave Jeff with Deadpool after she had doubts that she would have a solo series again, causing her to be worried about his future. Jeff, that's a fun meta thing. Jeff enjoyed <laughs> swimming and water in general. Once at a pool party, Jeff accidentally scared everyone away while swimming with only his fin above the water. When he reemerged, he realized what had happened. To prevent it from happening again, Jeff got a dolphin costume and swam dressed in it, <laughs> successfully making people at ease when he passed by. <laughs> At some point, Jeff found his way to the Netherlands, where he had fun running on the fields of tulips. Unfortunately, <laughs> he once again scared the locals locals with only his fin visible above the flowers. That that's that's the thing that happens multiple times. Uh, Jeff was likely created by Brodock, along with all the other land sharks that attacked Santa Monica at that beginning of that. Brodock. <laughs> okay, I haven't read so... I haven't read any of the Gwenpool, any of that yeah, stuff. I read a little bit of that West Coast Avengers. Um, I think it was Kelly Thompson who did that. So, um, okay. Well, I'm glad that he's alive and well. It yeah. was easily a 10 for me. Roman, you have to read Sweet. it. I, after I read it, I immediately said I did. I could not have ordered enough copies of this comic. There was two left <laughs> at the store today. Oh, man. 
So see, see now hearing all that and seeing that, I really wish I'd read that instead of the like three issues of Lazarus Planet that I read. <laughs> yeah, you uh, could have been happy instead. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it an eight. It was it was good enough. It's That's pretty, pretty cute. good for a book based on cuteness for Django. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give it I'll give it full points for being what it wanted to be. Yeah, and I like Guri Hero a lot. Like yeah. their their cartooning is top notch. Even those like stupid superheroes at home things, which you would think would turn me off, I, I was entertained by. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot that series. Those were fun. Do um, guys, like, do you guys ever go to like used bookstores and look at the cartoon section and get like G- Gain Wilson or you know like like weirdo cartoonist collections because I have a ton of those and I really like one panel cartoons from Playboy in the 70s or whatever. I don't do that and I don't yes. have those and I would like to see them. That's that's what the Guru Hero style kind of makes me think oh, of. Yeah. Like, and stuff. No, not Far not side. like no weirder than that. Like like not 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 anything you would see in the newspaper but something that <laughs> that has to tell tell a story in a different way than than a newspaper i don't know it's kind of hard to you'll have to pop some of those out if i ever yeah, go like, to your house i've never been there but yeah. if i ever do go to your house i'd have to check yeah. that out yeah i've got a couple of those of the original adams family stuff and that's yeah a one panel one page gag yeah totally um, and, oh. and, and, and weird dark smart not not just like a broken flower pot and Dolly say not me, and there's the little ghost dolly oh labeled gosh. not me. That's the family circus. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, let's let our hair down. Everyone, take out the hair ties, put the feet up, change from shoes to slippers. Roman, I'm not seeing you in your bathroom. That's kind of a bummer to me. Let's just <laughs> let's just kick it around a little while. All right, let's just kick it around with some others. Kick we got the big discussions out of the way, guys. I read Blue Book number two. Ooh, oh, that's about UFOs. One. I took a gamble. I had heard it was anthologies. Then I heard it was not anthologies. And I think that maybe it is anthologies. Oh, really? Oh, well, it had two short stories in it that seemed unrelated to things. Cool. Did nobody else read this? I didn't. Oh, oh, wait, it did have. I guess. Yeah. I don't remember if the first issue had a backup story too. were the characters in this in the first issue. The interracial couple that got that got. Yeah, that's the. Okay. Okay. That's the ongoing story of the book. Okay, cool. That felt to me like it was a self-contained thing. I thought like the way that it read in this, like the way you drop in on it, um, it just read like here's a little snippet from a UFO recording. And Uh, they are a historical couple. Like, yeah, they're they're the first couple to be kidnapped by aliens, I think. Wow. So, okay, cool. Yeah. So I want to go back and read the first issue. Um, But as it actually stood, this one worked pretty well. I didn't love the second half story as much as the first but i really like the the even oming art in the first half yeah yeah i'm surprised that this i like this as much as i because i thought at first that oh it's another tinian you know ufos blah 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 but it's cool i like this couple i like i i didn't realize they were an actual historical couple but project blue book was so i guess i should have put that together um and i'm I'm intrigued because project it's there was a tv show in the 70s called uh I don't know if it was called Project Blue Book or if it was called UFO, but it was about the Project Blue Book cases. Huh. Um, so it was an early, well, you kind of say X-Files, but only focused on aliens. And that's what this is going to be. Um, I gave it uh, I gave it an 8.0. I will give it a, I'll give it a good solid 8. Because like you, I didn't, I mean, the backup story was fine, but it wasn't, 
it was like mystical, weird Irish stuff. It wasn't UFOs. Yeah. yeah. So, so what's it doing here? <laughs> it's also, I thought it was a good fit for Oming's art, who I feel like the last couple of things I've seen them on hasn't super fit that well. Like they were doing that last days of like the murder, United States of murder or whatever. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, he's, it works he's well. got, his style is getting weirder and weirder, I think. Yeah. Like more and more impressionistic almost. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like uh, Mazzuchelli's got older with like uh, the serious Pollock stuff versus yeah. Django. You were pretty excited about Vanish. <clears throat> yeah, I thought that was a good comic. Uh, it's it was your classic last issue. Bait him up and switch. It's the second to last issue. I think so. I think it's only going six issues. And from an interview I listened what? to with Ryan Stegman, he was like, "Yeah, at the end, it would be pretty hard to keep this book going." So. I don't know. I could keep, I could read this comic for a long time. I think it's me too. I, I thought I kind of thought it was going to be like their spawn. Yeah. I I mean, it seems like it should be their spawn and they yeah. get us reading a spawn kind of comic. Um, but yeah, classic bait them up and switch. Yeah. He's uh, having his adventure, but also maybe in a mental hospital at the same time. And, and we don't even know which one is real. Uh, and he certainly doesn't know which one is real. Um, and it's, it's bloody and gross and like, it's gross when he's not in the hospital and it's gross for different reasons when he is in the hospital. And I love the way that the, the art, like the, the panel borders get jaggedy in order to send you back and forth. Yeah. And, uh, I love the guy, like at some point the doctor's like, you didn't think you were in some sort of magical world and you were the hero, did you? Like you (laughs) idiot. Um, I thought that was a. A fun thing because yeah why why would that be what you thought was going on how interesting well yeah if this is a short run book then it changes my interpretation of what like the seriousness of what could have been happening in this because if this is really near the end the idea that this all could be happening in his head is totally how they could end this like he could be a crazy guy so there's more weight to that as it stood I was like, well, this couldn't be happening. Like, but this isn't going to be happening. Like, this right. is. But maybe it's adds... longer. Maybe it's maybe it's twelve issues. I don't know. I mean, I I think that would be a good thing to do if it is as short as it is. I just I I enjoy it. I'm a little disappointed. Um, because the art is great and it's Donny Cates being extra Donny Catesy yeah. in his own stuff. So it's just also yeah, the number of series he's stopped doing lately. You know, is he doing anything at all? There is a seven solicited, so it's got to be longer than longer okay. than I was thinking. So it looks like at the time of issue two or three, people thought it was going to be eight issues, which I would have even still thought it was going to be like ongoing. But so yeah. they they could be sticking to it. But yeah, weird. It's it's a fun story though, and it is pretty brutal. It's like you know, it's got some uh, Mark Millar in it itself. Yeah, uh, eight and a half for me. Eight point for me. Nice. Yeah, Roman. Nice. What's something that's uh, in your in your block of the, your neighborhood did you read uh pop's chocolate shop of horrors no Ugh. but I... did you read <laughs> who are <laughs> you did you read what happened <laughs> to the guy that reads all the comics but i did well did you guys read the last comic book on the left graphic novel no oh it's a graphic novel roman we barely had time for comics it's, it's well i i set aside some comics to read this because it's the guys that uh that uh, do the last the last podcast on the left um pod which i've never listen to but it's a podcast about uh serial killers and weird stuff and cryptids and horror movies and you know all that good fun stuff um and this is their this is a little graphic novel based on well written by them and other people uh 
Was it funny? Is it scary? What are they? It's a a little bit. It's a little bit of both. Their introduction, which is the podcasters, is funny. Um, There's an ongoing one-page strip that's called Holly Haunts that I didn't get it at first. As it goes on, it's telling the story of the original Amityville murders before the Amityville horror movie. Um, (laughs) But it took a few pages before I realized that's what it was doing. and then there's a story about a kid who's a, a descendant of Albert Fish, the, the serial, serial killer, killer, and you know killed children and ate them, uh, American serial killer, and just this little boy finding out that he's that's one of the guys in his family tree, and then he starts becoming obsessed with them and wondering if if that psychosis is passed down to him and starts oh. freaking him out. And it's who's the artist on this? It's it's very entertaining. Uh, it's not funny. But it's got its own peculiar charm. I like the Albert Fish, yeah, connection. I, that that's one of my favorite creeps. Yeah. Oh, he's a he's a great creep, world class creep. Yeah. Um, there's some great one page uh, ads that are done in the style of the old um, national parks service ads, like for here's one for Hastings Cutoff, which is where the Donner Party passed through and led to all their horribleness. And it's, but it's done in the National Park Service thing. So it's pretty interesting. There's a story about um, the Church of Latter-day Saints and their cultiness written by a guy who apparently was raised in it. And he, which which creator is this? And it's Noah Van Skyver. Oh. So, so he writes and draws that and talks about it. <laughs> um, not Ethan Van Skyver, listeners. Not Ethan. Right. No, Noah. Noah, Noah, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the nice one. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, there's a, there's a one story in the middle I didn't care for, but for most of it, I I, I was entertained. I was intrigued, like it, made me want to listen to their podcast. Hmm. I am glad that we ordered a handful of them, yeah, because people have seemed interested in it. Um, but yeah, it's it's totally out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, and, and it was mine too. And the fact, just we had that little stack of them, and that's what made me curious. Well, what's this about? I'm gonna find out. Roman, I would. What was your score for it? Sorry. Yeah, I would give I'll give it uh give it an eight point five. I on the topic of graphic novels read the first third or so of the Tom Shuley Jack Kirby biography Ooh. the other night. Nice. Yeah. And it's very good. It is very good. Yeah. Shocker. Django, you read the whole thing? I think so. Probably. Or at least almost the whole thing. I, I spent a lot of time on my adult swing reading it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Filled. I did read comic enthusiasm. I did read all of that. That was great. Nice. Yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. So I'm excited to get to the later stuff with it. Um, I know we don't like being negative on this podcast, you guys, but I did give my lowest score in quite a while this week. I gave a 5.0 to the Chilling Adventures Presents Pops Chocolate Shop of Horrors, which was so poorly executed. Um, There is kind of a like a, a story that starts and you follow it. Like these two people go to the pop's diner and they try to steal food and he catches them. And then it just like cuts like with no cue, no segue, no indication of like anything just cuts to a four page unrelated story or a six page unrelated story. And then just cuts again, no credits back to the original story for two pages. And then it cuts to a different like four page story and then yeah. it cuts back. It's like it. I even like looked through it to see if it was like misprinted. It's so weirdly huh. put together. And then on top of that, none of the like the there's just none of the stories are very good, and they just felt very amateurish. And um, that's a bummer. Yeah, Come on Archie. 
the the main thing that kind of repeated that came through it had a nice ending but yeah it was just uh just like what are you doing what are you doing <laughs> um Django, any uh diaper gene to clean before we get out of here uh well i gotta say parker girls is still amazing oh terry Moore. and we find out in this issue that he can draw chum underwater as well as he can draw snow because <laughs> there's a there's just a disgusting disgusting panel of a oh, dude trapped in a, yeah a dude oh, trapped in a shark cage with chum in the water and wow it's an amazing interrogation torture scene um this guy's so good yeah he's so it was good. funny he's at like whatever convention is going on right now WonderCon maybe uh-huh. um and he like drew a picture of francine from strangers in fiction or strangers in paradise and she's wearing a shirt and like the a swimsuit like bottom you know on her bottom half right and he like posted to see if anyone wanted to buy it and he's like okay well no one wants to buy this apparently it's too uh you know like it's not promiscuous enough so he's like i guess i'm just gonna redraw these one by one uh taking one piece of clothing off each time until a drawing sells so then he redrew it like perfectly picture for picture but she was just wearing the top of the swimsuit and the bottom of the swimsuit um and then somebody bought that uh and i was like damn it you guys we could have gotten terry moore nudes why 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 did we attention for the cause we needed to not buy these um That's awesome. yeah, he's hilarious he's he's just so talented he's such a weirdo i love him i would also say that uh it's worth noting that tom king's uh second ever six issue story just wrapped up how did that finish yeah why didn't gotham, you guys talk gotham about City that or was that one? last week oh maybe was it last week i don't know maybe it was this week i have no idea i have no concept I, I of time know. anymore um, did you read I, it roman i did but i also i read it this week so i don't know okay guys maybe <laughs> it was this week tell me tell me about that it's just got a great like un like the perfect unsatisfying ending. <laughs> Not what you wanted this week. But it was it was you were as unsatisfied as the detective was at the end. <laughs> like everything resolved, but nothing was it was just not a happy story for anybody. The old Tom King yeah. blue ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh and and it does kind of tie back to Batman in a nice way. It's just just a good good fucking comic, like like we've come to expect from this guy good crime yeah yeah and it was i guess it was realistic in that it just ends yeah there's there's no great punchline or revelation or anything it's just that's it done bad people did bad <laughs> things and some of them pay for it and some of them don't yeah mm. yeah mm. grit what would you give grit what a what do i give mm, it what a note i give it a nine yeah i, I think, think I, I give the series a nine too nine also yeah i i i, I concur yeah it was it was good it was uh not the best thing that I think he's done, but very, very solid, solid stuff. You guys yeah. are great. Good Slam Bradley adventure. Was this the one where he, when he punches the guy, it says Slam, or was that the last issue? <laughs> I can't remember. Might, it might have been both issues. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Highly recommended. Yeah. Got to see the Slam Bradley, at least in Black Label Universe, uh, smooched Batman's grandma. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Slamuel Bradley, <laughs> slam, slam a lamb, slam guys. Oh, if you Bradley, get, slam if you a lamb. Live in Bellingham, and you want a copy of, uh, and you want a copy of, uh, it's Jeff. Oh, Django says we've got an email. I emailed it to you. I didn't oh. read it. I well, saw that get, it was addressed to get, me, but then get I emailed it, it to you. Yeah, sure. I'll get it out. I'll whip this email out. Let's. Uh, 
Oh, I see. I just got an email that said I didn't read it and I didn't know what that was. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. So I've got it here. From Nathan Butcher. Thanks, Nathan. Oh this gosh. question is for the man named DiGiorno. I'm certain that's how that's you pronounce it. That's when I stopped. It. I stopped there because I thought oh. it might be about me. I'm certain <laughs> that's how you pronounce it. I think he mentioned one of his obvious probably won't reads these days is any team book. Knowing that he has a Justice League background, what was different back then that made it work for him? Um, it was vaudeville. So wait. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember if that was just specifically related to like just or, or Marvel books. Did you you did recently say something about just not liking team books? Are you saying Marvel and DC? I don't know what I said, but yeah, I mean, I just don't really gravitate towards them right now. And is it right now you haven't historically not liked them? No, I mean, I when I was first getting into comics, I read X-Men. I read Justice League. Um, I mean, what else is there? What else was there teams-wise back then? Avengers? No, I didn't read Avengers. I read Youngblood. Fantastic Four? I didn't read Fantastic Four. But, you know, I, I read some some big team comics at this point like too many moving parts confuses this old man the justice league stuff was great because the characters all had very specific voices and the art was great now when i read the x-men i don't know who anybody is i can't tell their voice and the art is sometimes pretty good for me like i don't i don't think the x-men is knocking it out of the park like you know kevin mcguire and um uh, adam hughes were drawing the Justice League that like that's an amazing team even on shitty newsprint. I'll tell you how I feel about team books as an adult is that I usually unless it's like one of my favorite writers writing a team book, you know, the reasons that I'm reading it could vary, but it's probably that I have some interest in one or more of the characters in it. But yeah. That also usually means that there's one or more characters that I don't know or don't have much interest in. And when you're reading a team book, you have to spend time with those people. And if you don't have interest in things that you're not interested in, uh, yeah. like me, like I, 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 I don't like being bored. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but because because I love being bored, I'd rather be bored than unentertained. Anyway, um, so anyway, yeah, you're forced to spend time with characters that you might not be as interested in. I mean, I don't know. You you spend time, but but also if it's a good writer or a good story, it can make you interested in the characters. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I read all the Hickman X Men stuff, and I like that just fine. But like, a team book has to have more. You gave multiple issues of that book a ten. Did I? No, I don't know. Probably not. Probably gave it a bunch of sevens. Um, I say like 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 you. I know you like Planetary, and that's a team book, but there's a lot more to it than the the team. Yeah. Yeah, and and like when when I'm when I think about the Justice League, every single character in there was awesome, and the art was awesome. Justice League International. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the JLI books. Um, and I just don't really get that when I read a team book these days. And also, I like back then I was reading four comics a week because I was on a budget, and now mm-hmm. that budget has been removed, and I'm expected to read fifteen or twenty comics a week, um, just to keep up with everybody, to stay in fighting shape. If you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, but and if you start slacking like Roman has been, you're going to get a toxin too. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh-oh. Not only that, but you're going to be buried by comics. Yeah, that's true. The stack next to Roman's toilet is probably a mile high after this week's slack. Nathan, thanks for sending us an email. You're the best. That was awesome. I'm sorry I didn't get it in earlier. I didn't I didn't realize what had happened and Django then just texted me about it. <laughs> he said, "Have you orchestrate, orchestrated this intentionally to not have Will or Will Nathan Butcher's email?" And I, I said, "Nay, Django, it was not a, a maniacal orchestration on my part." 
was ignorance. It's pretty amazing that we can have conversations like that over text silently while we're doing our podcast. Yeah, we're vocally. We're pretty good. Okay. All right, guys, you could be like these two brave soldiers, these shites in knighting <laughs> armor. Um, and uh, send emails to us at jeff at the We would love to have them. We love having them. They entertain us. Um, it's so terrible to have to talk to these two without questions. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like it's like when you go on a uh, never mind. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> this is why it's so <laughs> horrible talking to these. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for writing those in. Send more in. Um, I think we're probably going to be here next week for 310, right? That's just what we do. We show sure. up. We read comics. We talk about them. It's going to be the Yuma episode. 310 to Yuma. Bingo <laughs> by Elvis <laughs> Leonard. Here every every week talking about the comics that we can tell one of us dies and then we'll have to talk about whether or not that we're going to keep doing it buried by comics because one of us bathroom. inevitably will die one of us is going to die probably the other two won't because we'll get the other like we'll get it all figured out but anyway i'm jeff i'm Django. i'm roman and roman was wondering i was um i was wondering if you could combine all of the oh well not all but some of the classic pulp characters heroes masked men if you will into one like super adaptoid type character uh-huh which ones would you combine i would course, be just the phantom and dick tracy oh Ooh, wow that's huh. good yeah good answer that's good uh i would do lone ranger the shadow oh the shadow and uh and um the spider because they all have masks covering the bottom half of their faces i changed mine oh. to hmm, yeah uh, the first one and the sh- uh, the shadow instead of Dick Tracy, the Phantom, Phantom and the shadow. the shadow, like a the a purple outfit with like the black coat and the black <laughs> hat and the big nose. What about like Doc Savage and the Avenger, just like a, a mm. moldable man Muscle of bronze? Gold. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. Boy, the shadow and spider combine—that's scary. Since they're both spiders, really such a great costume. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I can't believe that the spider hasn't hasn't outlived the shadow's interestingness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, neither yeah. of them are really on anybody's radar anymore. But <laughs> Roman, what was your answer? Oh, I didn't actually have one. Um, I just made up the question as I was going. Uh, oh, I don't know. Zorro in the shadow. Oh, and, and oh, wait, Zorro. that's how we got. That's how we got Batman. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Roman. That's a pretty good mic drop, drop moment. I would allow you to be excused from answering the question. Um, Ooh. Because he said that. All right. Uh, and 10 points to Gryffindor. All right. We'll see you all next week. Bye.